Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Y'all's the hate on all of my moves, but now niggas on it. Y'all used to bait me on me and my views, but now niggas on it. I used to tell them I had me a show, but now niggas on it. Her homies on it. Your homies on it. Y'all's the hate on all of my moves, but now niggas on it. Y'all used to bait me on me and my views, but now niggas on it. I used to tell them I had me a show, but now niggas on it. Her homies on it. Your homies on it. Joe, Rose Podcast 7, we back. It's your boy C. Diddy. Matt Kane, no spills. Gold. <laughs> no spills today. I already dropped a chunk of chicken on my shirt. Oh, whatever you are. Yeah, we already 0 for 1. 0 for 1. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Try again <laughs> next week. <laughs> <laughs> Try to mitigate these uh, these L's and turn them into W's. Everyone's uh, here. Dan is here. Dan's here. Say what's up to the people, Daniel. I'm back again. Dan's back once again. Dan has a mic now every week. What's up? We can hear his hookah bubbling in the background. <laughs> what's good? Trying to make sure I got all this info. What info? Uh, we got a sponsor today. I'm just trying to make sure I'm on point. Got everything. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The good times are rolling. You know what I'm saying? One sponsor begets another sponsor. Nice. I didn't even see that. Let me now go I, look. Now I just need Target or somebody to. Uh, yeah, just, just, just you know, Tesla. <laughs> you know, nothing crazy. Free model. You know what I'm saying? And a million dollars. You know. You know how that go. What's good, though? Oh, man. Nothing much. Uh. Been taking it super easy. Uh, freaking was sick this week, man. I had an upper respiratory infection. Um, coming, really? yeah. Came, I didn't know anything about this. Yeah, I came came Where's down from that. <laughs> yeah, l- listen, I I was fighting for two things: lean and antibiotics, and they gave me neither one. They told me uh, figure this shit out the old fashioned way. They gave you were me fighting for lean. Yeah, I was at the I was at urgent care, so I I, I go to Mainline Health or whatever to their urgent care and shit. Um, Cause that's like my, you know, my network. medical network, whatever the case may be. So I go there, like, all right, this gonna be good. Like they got an urgent care, this is gonna be great. First and foremost, it was not rapid at all. It, okay. was, it was very unrapid. Yeah, it I, was very I ain't gonna unurgent. hold you, yo. I last my last two times at urgent, it 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 wasn't urgent. No, it's, it's just it's care. Yeah, exactly. It's just care. And depending on where you go, they don't care either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. So it was it was not urgent at all. Yo. That's the first thing. I was there for about two and a half That's hours. That's your fault, reading signs and shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You want to take this shit so yeah. literal. And then it's like, you know, so I'm waiting for like literally uh, like two hours to get seen or whatever the case may be. I finally get called back or whatever. They, you know, hey, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. So you talk to the one nurse. Then she leaves and you never see her again. Then right they on. send somebody else that's only there for one thing. And then they send the person that's actually in charge, like 36 minutes later or whatever the case may be. And I'm explaining to her, I was like, listen, like, I know, I was like, I'm prone to getting upper respiratory infections for whatever reason. I always have, like, you know, once or twice a year, sometimes spring, sometimes fall. Uh, most times fall, rather, I get an upper respiratory infection. Like, it just is what it is. Like, you know, I've got a pretty strong immune system minus like this. This is the one thing that I always get banged with or whatever. Typically what happens, they give me some sort of a cough suppressant and then, um, you know, like an antibiotic or whatever, whatever, because it's bacteria or viral, that'll knock it out. She's like, well, yeah, uh, if you if you were showing signs of pneumonia, uh, which you're not, we would give you an antibiotic. But since you're not doing that, we're just going to give you a cough suppressant. We're going to give you an inhaler and get some mucinex, and then that's going to be that. 
So that's what I've been rocking out with since probably about uh, Thursday or whatever the case may be. And for the most part, like I'm doing better. I had like a crazy, like a unreasonable cough, like a, yo, you cool? Like one of them Jones for a few days. So got like, rid like the vid. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like like a vid cough. But the thing is, it's like, yeah, you know, I was uh, I was sick probably about a month ago. So I'm like, they're like, yeah, you don't have the vid. They, you know, first thing they do now is a COVID test. Oh, yeah. Take your temperature, all of that. They're like, oh, your temperature's spot on, whatever, whatever. You know, with your symptoms, is just like, you know, some sort of bacterial thing. And they're like a bunch of people getting sick. I ain't gonna right hold now. you, yo. I low-key thought COVID was over. It is not over. I went to the doctor the other day. You walk in. Have you been to Africa? Like, first, just from jump. Put your mask on. I'm like, damn. Like, I yeah. honestly thought it was done. Like, have you seen the new Jurassic Park? That'll count as exposure to COVID yeah. also. Like, yeah. It's like, nah, I'm cool. Other than, you know, whatever my symptoms are. Are you sure you don't have COVID? I'm positive. So, yeah. So, upper respiratory infection. I'm on the other side of it now. I'm probably like 92, 93% back. Uh, yeah. Okay. Can't say thanks for your prayers and well wishes because nobody knew I was sick. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's pretty much that. Other than that, how are you? Uh, other than that, I'm cool. Uh, my show, uh, The Old Man, um, is one episode away from uh, the season finale. Shit getting real. The plot twist is starting to catch up. Are you caught up to episode seven? All right. One behind. Yeah, I'm not going to do any spoiler alerts then. But, yeah, episode seven, shit gets real. Uh, the Old Man is, like, the best show on TV right now. Uh, John Lithgow and... Uh, I haven't watched any of this shit. Like, I haven't watched that. What's the one everybody else be going crazy about? Uh, did you strippers? watch it? Oh, P Valley. Yeah, I've never watched. Yeah, P P Valley. Y'all weird. That's my y'all weird in a week. P Valley has turned into D Valley in one season. And when I say D Valley, I mean dick. It's turned into Dick Valley. There's a lot of dicks. It's a lot of. So what uh, be happening on this show? Uh, it's it's getting wicked. <laughs> like it's <laughs> okay. It's full man on man going at it. Like I seen a nigga. And to keep in mind, they don't show you actually dick going into the ass, but they do show you a man and another man getting ready to get at it, and you see him squeeze the lube, which was enough to make oh, me physically man. ill. Oh, wow. Yeah, they were graphic. I've even talked to women about it. they like, yeah, that was too much. Like, they like, we support the community, <laughs> but that was too much, yo. Like, this is this is bad. I'm like, yeah. I remember years ago, man, going to an old head chick crib, and she had lube, and that was like, wow. Yeah. Like the big, like the, like the big jump. <laughs> like the hand set, the yeah, industrial hand yeah. sanitizer. The Costco jump. You got the Sam's Club. Yeah. <laughs> you got to have a membership to get like, that. Oh, you like a nigga to tap that back door. Yeah. I see what you into. Yeah. It was wild. Unforgiven times, but yeah, fuckable man. It's, <laughs> it's a different life right Why is there? my struggle different than others? <laughs> yeah, shit. so, you know, in one season, man, they've... Uh, <laughs> They've shifted the storyline from basically being about, like, you know, a strip club and, you know, the ins and outs of what's going on there to where it's like now they got, like, four storylines going on that I just hate, which is, like, a, there's a COVID storyline. There's a, a teenage pregnancy storyline. There is Lil Murder and Uncle Clifford storyline. And then there's, like, a mental health storyline. And I just hate every last one of them because it's like, damn, y'all have not shook enough ass this season to be giving me all these life lessons and I don't appreciate it. I, I don't know anything about you. I see a lot of goings on on Twitter and shit yeah. and Facebook about. It's people. not a good show. No, we're like committed to, to the end. What result. is it on? Stars. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, it's not. It's not a good show. Shot. Stars. It's shot well. Shot beautifully. Stars is batting like what? Two out of seven <laughs> at a time. Thirty-seven. For every seven shows, two of them is okay. You know what I mean? 
Uh, let's talk about our show. Yeah. Let's do that. We got a show uh, Friday. Um, I'm high as hell right now, so bear with me. I'm trying to get through this show. I smoked some reefer last night and uh, for the first time in a long time, and I took an edible. It's like, you ever take an edible and smoke some reefer and then forget that you took the edible already? Yeah, you tripping. Yeah, I overly activated. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I had a very busy evening laying in bed and then paranoia kicking in and then yeah. getting up. And then, like, Yo. go around in circles Yo. in my crib. Listen, I'm t- you know what's, like, the most, like, paranoia triggering, John? When you get high and then walk the dog late at night. Oh, my God. You be out there. I be, like, I be, like, having my gun in my hand. Right. <laughs> Walking the dog. Real shit. Like. I'll be out there tweaking. Yeah, like, I, I was so cooked last night. Like, I literally, like, was getting sleep in, like, 31-minute increments. <laughs> like, you go to sleep, like, oh, I'm so, oh, God, I'm so tired. I just need to lay down, and then I can sleep this high off. And then, like, some, some like, Spider-Man shit infiltrates your dream, and then wake you back uh, up because you think the Green Goblin is coming to get you. <laughs> <or some shit. laughs> Them dreams when you be like in and out of oh, that should be too much. Then man. you go back to sleep and then the dream pick right. Oh yeah, nigga, you thought you could escape me by yeah. waking up. Yeah, I'm yeah. still here. Yeah, yeah no, it's pretty bad. But yeah, fuck all that. We got a show Friday. Yes, we do. Friday the 29th. Secret location. Most of y'all know where the location is, right? But secret location because I don't need none of the Philly drillers and the Shiesty Association showing up. Uh, look, looking for looking for wreck, you know what I mean. So, <laughs> so go to uh, we about fifty percent sold out right now. All of the seventy five dollar early bird tickets is gone. The eighty fives is like probably five or six tickets left. They gonna be gone probably. People have already started going into the hundred. Yeah, Jones. exactly. Shout yeah. out to everybody that didn't have to buy a hundred dollar ticket that did anyway. Shout out to y'all. Yeah, like, man. like we really appreciate the love, man, from like the people who show the love. Like that shit yeah. is genuine. It's just I have people hitting me up like, yo, I'm out of town, but I'm a grad. I'm like, yo, like, I like, it's real. It's appreciated. Yeah, you know what sure. I'm saying? You know, some names not on the list. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba da ba ba ba. That uh, should be there. It's, it's interesting. Interesting. How to, I'm, I'm uh, intrigued by the those. Yeah, names I'm intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> I'm intrigued by the absence. But we we deal with this with every show, and I know what's going to happen. Same thing that happened with Brooklyn. Same thing that happened with Delaware. It's like it's going to be slow until two days before. Yeah. Then they're going to go, and then it's going to be a whole bunch of oh damn, I ain't. Great. And it's just like yo, listen, we taught y'all how to get credit cards. Just buy the ticket now so that because even with the Brooklyn show, it was like, yo, I don't want to have to do the brokering tickets the day of. Yeah. I'm hitting somebody who bored them. Yeah, the, got... week, the weekend is not hand to hand in his uh, tickets. No, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, I know the show sold out. I got 41 that just say general admission comp on them. You know what I'm saying? Just hit cash. You can get some tickets. Yeah, but the, it's on the Patreon. Uh, shout out to everybody on Patreon who went ham. You know what I'm saying? When the tickets first went up. Um, the link is on your page. The link is in my bio. Uh, TRPE729.eventbrite.com. That's TRPE729.eventbrite.com. Password, TRPE1212, all capital letters. Uh, get your tickets before they sell out. Real talk. Like we going 75s, 
gone. They went in two days. The $85 tickets is like mowing along. Uh, it was probably like five, six, maybe eight of them left, whatever. I don't have an exact count, yeah. but less than 10. So get them Jones and, um, you know, come through Friday, have a good time. We got a custom merch uh, capsule that we're releasing that's, you know, being a, that's a part of your entry also. So you get food, liquor, hookah, you get a live show, and you get a custom piece of merch that we're never going to reproduce um, you know, outside of this particular live show. Absolutely. We're going to have some fun, talk some shit. You know, people going to drink, eat. You know, Dan's going to be in there with hookahs. Have unprotected sex. You know what I'm saying? Well, however y'all want to carry it. Whatever you know it is man? you want to do. Pull up Friday night. It should be fun. Y'all yeah. know how we get at these live shows. I got some shit to talk about, too, but I'm like, I want to do it there, yeah, like in yeah, front of people. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? People told me I'm crazy. I'm like, I want to I see other people's <laughs> opinions on this. I need to get to the bottom I of I need something. to get to the bottom of this. You know what I mean? Uh... But other than that, uh, you know, I'm I'm chilling, man. Yeah, trying to trying to get some things in order. We gotta get our shit all like together too. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah. like you know, we uh few days away. I'm almost there. Oh yeah, like two more updates. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, you know, we just been moseying along this month, trying to just you know, the focal has been the show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that you know, it feels like it. And you know, getting all this done, getting that out the way, then we can get back to. You know, trying to become millionaires. Absolutely. That's really it. Although I'd like to become a millionaire from podcasting, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. However it comes, I'll take it, though. Are you playing a bowling video game? No, I'm trying to, uh, somehow, some way, I'm trying to, uh, I have information in my phone that's relevant to the show. Okay. And I somehow, some way, scrolled all the way up to the top. Okay. Or whatever, and the case may be, and now I look like a joke. There we go. Okay, so what are we starting with? Can I start with the dinner thing the other day? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, I saw y'all was out. Y'all had a little dinner. I said, damn, no hashtag, no invite. Because here go the thing. Mari had hit me and was like, yo, it was a seated thing, small little joint, whatever, whatever. And I didn't know it was going to be like your name. (laughs) It was a signed seats and shit. But anyway, I got invited. Looked organized. Yeah, it was very organized. Shout out Dunbar. It was his birthday. His birthday was last week, but they had a little dinner for him the other day. And I get the address for the dinner. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm like, I see the address and I'm like, I don't know of any establishment at this location, so I'm just like maybe some shit I don't know. Right, you know right. what I'm saying? Some some uh, some speakeasy of sorts. Right. So I, I do the Google look around and I'm like, yeah, just what I suspected. That's a that's a trap. <laughs> so I'm like, this feels like a bit of a setup. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so whatever. I show up. I get there, and I'm like, yeah, that's a house. Like I'm like, what the hell is happening? Whatever, whatever. So boom, I I, I come. I ring the doorbell. Lady opens the door. It's too like. One is like half black and white, I guess, and the other okay. one's Polynesian. I'm just like, or or Peruvian. What? What's no Filipino? Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. One of those. Bro, Polynesian is a sauce. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, listen. <coughs> so I, I'm like, oh yeah, she, she's like, you must be here for the dinner. I'm like. There's no one. I'm like, <laughs> you know, not a restaurant. Like, you know, this is a house. So yeah. she was like, yeah, everyone's up on the roof, and I'm just like. Wait, what's going on? And she's like, yeah, this is a supper club. We've turned the house into a supper club. And I'm just like, really? So then I, and she's like, yeah, go up to the roof. And I mean, like, you come in a house and walk through the house. Like, yeah. second floor, third floor, up to the roof. And I get up there, I see everybody, and I'm just like, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're like, yeah, like, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, people do this apparently now. Like, they... Turn their cribs into supper clubs. And I'm just like, so she comes up, she's explaining everything to us. She's like, yeah, you know, so I'm a chef. She says she's hosted over 1,200 people at her house. Oh, my God. Right. No fear. 
I'm like, yo, the rules of engagement when you not black are so fucking wonderful. Because there are no rules. <laughs> I'm like, yo, I could only up. imagine turning my crib into a supper club. Right. I would have a big bearded nigga named Mustafa sitting in every room <laughs> on a stool. <laughs> It's my. I got five niggas got all five named Mustafa. Mustafa. <laughs> all different room. spellings. Real shit. Nice couch got hit, man. Yeah. <laughs> I got one in the living room, one in the bathroom. I'm all in their bathroom. M1, and shit. M2, M3, Yo, M3, M4. M3, M4. M4. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it blew my mind because I'm like, yo, what you get to do, like the freedom that you can have in existing when you like aren't us. It's just crazy. Yeah, absolutely. You are truly free. Truly. Truly. I'm sitting there, I'm like, yo, we are just flat out strangers, and we just in they house eating chicken wings. This is crazy. <laughs> and I'm thinking about, I was telling my homie the other day, was like, yo, like, because I was like, how to, uh, at the pool, like, it was 30 motherfuckers at the pool. Like, a nigga that you invited, like, he had, like, a whole thing. Like, he had, like, 30 motherfuckers out at the yeah. pool. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, yo, why is it this many niggas here? And... You know me, I'm just like, yo, like, I can't see a reason to ever have 30 people at my house. No, absolutely not. I told my homie, I'm like, yo, no bullshit. Like, if, if it's 30 people at my house, it's a balloon release. <laughs> Somebody died. I died. <laughs> in this house. That's the only reason there's 30 people. Because I ain't no way in hell I'm alive and invited 30, 30 people here. Yeah, you know Matt died in the crib. We're going to go release the balloons. <laughs> That's it. That's the Ring only... black and blue. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yo, this is like, and the food was amazing. It was, it was, it was excellent. Yeah. It was like chopped. Like she explained every course and, you know, and I'm, I, I was just completely blown away. Like, so then the, the we, we, we get down here and, you know, the night is going on. It's like 1130. You know what I'm saying? We came there at like 745. Right, right. We just was talking, you know, whatever, whatever. So I come downstairs. She's back cooking in the kitchen. Another girl chilling on the couch and shit. And I'm just like, I'm putting my shoes. You can't wear your shoes through the house. Okay. So I'm putting my shoes back on. I'm like, and a couple of them was still upstairs. A couple of them came down, leaving, whatever. And I'm like, yo, at what point do y'all like, you know, kick niggas kick out? Niggas out. <laughs> and she was like, oh, you know, I just let people have their fun. Shit, I've, I've hosted people. Sometimes they don't leave till three in the morning. I'm like. <laughs> Dude, I'm, live here. I'm just like what man like yo it was, it's crazy and I'm just like damn yo like people that ain't us really are like just like free just like trusting accepting the, the and shit. the thing is this is a scalable business model like, yeah this shit could work she anywhere. said she's getting ready to open a restaurant yeah I believe yeah. it yeah yeah I made enough money trapping out the crib that I'm opening a restaurant yeah it was the 1200 plus people in my house at the crib no incidents, no, no, I'm just like, this is nuts. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, right? Yeah, yeah dot, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking, I'm going up the steps, walking up. I'm talking about like hand on the hip, like John Wayne. I'm right. like, I know something about to pop the fuck out. <laughs> Somebody, an animal, something. Like, this is crazy. But yeah, that was what happened, man. Because first thing niggas think is like, oh, ain't no, oh, it's at a crib, ain't no security. I can bring the stick in. <laughs> yeah, get the Joan and the Joan, you know what I'm saying? They ain't searching or nothing. Friend to the show who remained nameless was like, yeah, my Joan over there in the flower pot. Just so, you know? <laughs> I'm like, right, I'm right, you know what I'm saying? Like, just in case, you know what I'm saying? Shit get crazy over here. Like, yeah, the shit Holy is crazy, shit. man. It was, it was a nice time, though. It was a very, very nice put-together Joan. And I mean, like, right in the heart of, like, you know, it's one of those uh, gentrified blocks yeah, yeah. where it's still a little trapping going on right there. Right, right, right. But as long as you... They respect the uh, revitalization. The, the, the revitalization. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
leave them alone over there. Yeah, no, no, they, no, they good people. No, they, they, good, cook, they, they good cook. They be cooking. Shorty, you know what I'm saying? I went there a couple weeks ago. Shorty got some shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. Straight up. But it was decent, man. It was it was, it was a cool That's movie, what's up, man. Definitely some wild shit, though. But I ain't really do shit else. I went to the beach yesterday. Oh, my God. I go. Have you been to Long Branch, New Jersey? No, I want to go. It's 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 very. Uh, what was Jungle Fever? Brunsonhurst. Okay. Like it's very very <laughs> Brunsonhurstish. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like no niggas, right? Which is awesome. I was gonna say limited black faces. Yeah, which is which is very excellent. You yeah. know, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later with uh, the Sesame Street because we're gonna get to that. Yeah. But there were like no blacks, and I was just like, yo, we like the only niggas out there. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know what I'm saying? So we down to the beach having a ball. Nice water. You know, it was hot as shit, but the water was cool. We had our umbrella, our little drinks. You know what I'm saying? I didn't bring the hookah. But, you know what I'm saying? I thought about it. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, it was nice. It was fun. So I'm like, yo, she like, I'm hungry. I'm like, oh, let's go down to the resort. You know what I'm saying? She's like, yeah, I want to go to that restaurant. Okay, yeah, we can leave our shit because we at a, at a, at a you know, predominantly white beach. Ain't nobody going to steal nothing. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? We can go down to the, to the joint. We leave our shit. As we coming up out the beach, I see my first nigga. What's the nigga doing? Smoking hookah? No. Weed? No. Lurking. <laughs> <laughs> the nigga is just on the boardwalk, right? With a long sleeve on, right? Mask with cargo pants and but and boots. And I'm just like, he ain't trying to get I'm like, though, it's 100 something <laughs> degrees. I got a tank top on. I'm like, why? <laughs> I'm like, dog. First motherfucking dick you see all day, he in lurk mode. You know, just out there. I'm just like, it's like, your ops is not here. You the only nigga here other than me. And I don't know your goofy ass. But Long Branch is nice. Okay. It's a very, very nice beach. Yeah, I got to get down to the Jersey Shore. I need to go to, uh, Oh shit, Meek Party is today at uh HQ. I forgot about that shit. Yeah, I know all the uh DSWs is gonna be there. What is DSWs? Dick sucking horse. Okay. Yeah, they all gonna be at uh at Meek situation at HQ. Shout out to that. Shout out to Meek. Okay. So what are we starting with? Uh real quick, before we get into this thing, we got a sponsor today. Let's give it up for that. Okay. Another black owned business. Right on. Our sponsor today is the Black Oak Wine Festival. The inaugural Black Oak Wine Festival is featuring black-owned businesses and local wine companies. It's going to be uh, August 6th from 1 p.m. to 7 p.m., secret location. You can go to blackoak.com for more information and to book your tickets for, or your group packages for your experiences. That's B-L-A-C-O-A-K.com. That's B-L-A-C-O-A-K.com. The Black Oak Wine Festival coming up Saturday, August 6th, secret location, 1 p.m to 7 p.m. Wine tastings, live music, and exquisite cuisine. Um, the Black Oak Wine Club is a team of black sommeliers, which is very rare. Ebony Dukes was a level three sommelier. Uh, Kevin Dukes, level one wine sommelier and whiskey bourbon scotch sommelier in training. Amir Blackman, level one wine sommelier and cognac expert. And Lamar Covert, level three wine sommelier. Is sommelier like a like their Ethnicity? No, it's like there's their job. It's a job title. So it's a wine specialist. Okay, so they're not Somalian. They're not Somalian. Oh, they are okay. Black American. Yo, because he was like, which is very rare. I'm like, no, nah, with the school of Somalian. Like, wait, Somalians in one. Yeah, I'm like, what's the rarity? No, they're quite quite Black American. 
But uh, the Black Oak Wine Club. I gotta, I gotta culture myself. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm like, Samayans is real. I'm like, no, I'm like, what? Yes, man. Uh, so they started the Black Oak Wine Club to build a platform to highlight black owned wine brands. The wine industry made $456 billion in 2020, and black wine professionals make up less than point. 0.01% of the industry. Um, highlighting the existing brands is the mission of the Black Oak Wine Club um, and their core mission while g- educating general wine consumers on the nuances and identifying fine wines. Since they started, they've evolved into a winery themselves, one of only a few black-owned wineries in the state of Pennsylvania. Let's shout it out for that. Um, they do private wine tasting events, wine literacy classes, pairings, and more. And they also have a tasting room located in Roxborough, and they're super fans of TRPE. Uh, I, me, we gotta check this out. Gotta yeah, go. yeah. We've been invited to have an experience and I just be doing nigga shit, so we haven't quite made it yet. But we have an open uh, open ended invite to book with the What's Black crazy? Wine I wish Club. you was a little bit better at like alerting me to like cause I'll I'll <laughs> see people and I'll be like, yo, why you ain't never come through to the joint? I said and I'll be like, Chad ain't telling me this shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta I mean summer's almost over. We gotta schedule some things. So yeah, so shout out to the Black Oak Wine Club, Black Oak Wine Festival next Saturday. Uh no, two Saturdays from now. Two Saturdays, August 6th, uh, 1 p.m. to 7 p.m. Go to black, blackoak.com, B-L-A-C-O-A-K.com to get your tickets, book your experience in for that. Um, and they are sponsors of the show and super fans of TRP, and we're fans of y'all. We'll be through soon to do Oh, our, hell yeah. No, wine, wine tasting is, is where it's at. You know what I'm saying? That's that's like the old the old head vibes. That's like cool shit. You know what I mean? No, nah, that's real. Somalians is getting getting to it out here. <laughs> Somalians know? making hell of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Running it up. I fucks with it, man. Uh, what's the big? What are we starting with? What's the? What's uh, it depends on the tone that you want to take to kick the show off. So you got ridiculous stuff going on. People like when we do ridiculous. Yeah, you got ridiculous stuff going on. You got. You also have unbelievable stuff going on. People like when we do unbelievable. <laughs> um, and then you also just have like head scratching stuff going on. What do you want to start with? All right, so. My head scratcher of the week. We had a situation the other day, Philadelphia, which is like the crime capital of Earth right now. It's like it's like it's like Philadelphia didn't like Baghdad or some shit like that. Yeah. Um, so you had a situation the other day where a young man was outside of CJC. For those of you that don't know, that's Criminal Justice Center, and he had on his full gangster uniform. And I'm sure right now he's sitting in jail wondering, well, how the hell did I get arrested? Wait, th- that was real. Yes. I saw it on the time, but I didn't think it was real. That was real. Wow. Yes. So, so. All right. That's definitely. <laughs> yeah. I honestly thought it was like just people being funny. <laughs> no, no, no. That happened. Okay. So you have a situation where this young man, Pooh Shiesty on, goes glizzy in his lap with a stick in it. In a stolen car, sitting outside of the criminal justice center, what could go wrong? Have they reported why he was sitting there? Uh, we don't know yet. Okay. We don't know his motives or his motivation yet. But I would imagine he was either waiting for one of his uh, gangster twins or one of his ops to come out of court. Yeah, it's only one of two options. It's one of I would two imagine. options. Yes. Hmm. I honestly thought it was fake when I saw it. No, it was very real. Okay. Yeah, so at this point, we've reached a level of stupidity with our crime that is pretty much, like, inexplicable and unexplainable. And I don't even know what to do with some of this stuff uh, because most of it just doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, in this case, it's basically is like this is the equivalent of, like, when they say, like, throwing rocks at the penitentiary, this is the equivalent of that. Like, you literally have every different, not just cops, period, but every different type of law enforcement 
gathers and congregates at this building. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the center it's for the criminal center. justice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you have the freaking, you have judges here. You have prosecutors here. You have sheriffs here. You have, uh, you know, other police from other municipalities. And then all you have duty cops coming yeah, to testify. Just all, just everything. It's a constant revolving door of law enforcement. And you would think that the last place you want to be in a stolen car with a push icy on, with a gun in your lap, would be the center for justice control. This is head scratching. Because what? I, how did they apprehend him? Well, he was just sitting there. And well, it could just, be the safest place to be. Absolutely. So apparently he was just sitting there for like mad long. So, you know, the police have the right to run, you know, a tag or whatever if you park, you drive them, whatever the case may be. Indiscriminately, because a, a license plate is considered government property or whatever. Right. So he's just sitting there. Some smart cop says, let me run this license plate. Car comes back stolen. They engage the car. This nigga's sitting there, sticking his lap with the shicey on. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. They clean the streets up. Philly police won Philly drillers $34,267,000. Yeah. Very head-scratching. Yes. Yeah. Cause I, t- I honestly thought it was fake. Yeah, I, you would you could at least went to Redden Terminal. <laughs> you didn't have to sit Chinatown. Right. You could you didn't have to sit right out front of the building. Did you see uh, the people in Chinatown are like going off about the, the uh, prospect the, of the new yeah. uh, stadium right down the street yeah. from where we are now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I issued a fake quote the other day. I said this just in from Harris Blitzer's uh, Harris Blitzer Sports and Entertainment. Uh, Big Bank take Little Bank. Yeah. You are looking at a shark in a fish tank. Yeah. If we want this arena downtown. Yeah. We'll put it on top of Chinatown if we yeah. want. We, we, how about we just move Chinatown to fucking broad and, 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 and more? Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, how about we uproot all of y'all yeah. and before we uproot and don't do this stadium here? Yeah. Chinatown going to be where Chickies and Beats is at. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Y'all don't have nothing behind y'all back yeah. but landfill yeah. and just open air. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Y'all playing a lot of games. Oh, the Navy Yard is, is on the move. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> we got we a lot can of... easily carve out a space yeah, for you down yeah. there. A lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of traction down there. Yeah. What do you think? What do you feel about the stadium? The pr- the prospect of the stadium coming there? Um, I'm not mad at it. I mean, at this point, they've tried a lot of different things to try to revitalize Market East, and nothing worked. I, you, you like at the end of the day, you're gonna like. I personally think you need to start with a street sweeper. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So they've tried to revitalize Market like the East. shit Lloyd Banks was rapping about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's gonna need one of those. So they they've tried a lot of different things. They put the they re- renovated the gallery, redid that. They fucking. Uh, had the what's the name here? What was the uh, the department store that was around the corner? Uh, Century Twenty One. Century Twenty. They put a Century Twenty One down there that was supposed to anchor the revitalization. <laughs> right. And all of if that. you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. This stuff. Redid the whole fashion district mall. They got new vendors in there, all this different shit. And nothing has worked because you still have the smattering of filth that lines everything from 10th Street all the way down past the the federal uh, mint or whatever. All bullshit aside, like all jokes. Have you been on Market Street? Yes. Like, I mean, like, not in a car. Yeah, like, on foot. Like in three dimensions. Yes. Outside. It's scary as fuck. That shit is... <laughs> it's Resident Evil. Dog. Dog. Yes. Dog. And the thing is, 
these businesses that are still there, a lot of these dilapidated, ran down businesses, they made so much money in the 90s and the 2000s off of these particular businesses because this was a bustling area for everything that a lot of them own these buildings. So it's like they're content to just never have to open up the business again because the real estate is multi-millions of dollars just sitting there. You know, you know, it's like a, 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 like a center. I don't know what they call them. Like the drug treatment things or whatever. Like I've seen a, 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 oh yeah, then I've seen a chick like change a baby on the bench. (laughs) At the bus stop, you know, like real shit. Like I'm talking about bare baby ass on the bus bench, changing a baby in broad day. I was just sitting there. Well, nice. I was at the light. I'm just like, yo, what the fuck? Like Market Street. I'll tell you where it's another one. Chestnut Street from like 16th to 15th. I don't know what the fuck it is about that specific one ass block, but dog, absolute mayhem. That, yeah, that block with the Wendy's, the dog. Wendy's, that Wendy's and that Five Guys is like a hub of uh, negativity. And dog, the whole block. Yo, we pulled up the other day and parked there because we was going over to Oyster House. So I was like, I see the spot. I'm like, oh, shit, the park guy ain't saved little $20 on the parking. Yeah. Nigga, we got out. The chick was banging on the, the door of the Wells Fargo that's right there. Like, just banging on it. And and the dude comes like, yo, can I help you? And she's like, yeah, y'all my phone in there. Y'all got my phone. She, he's like, miss, you have not been in here. And she looks, she's like, oh, no, this is the wrong one. <laughs> and I'm just like, yo, this shit is crazy. <laughs> oh, y'all are some nuts shit. Yeah, yo, that block is nuts. And I'm thinking like of people who live down this motherfucker. Like, I couldn't imagine paying $3,500, $4,000 and just coming outside and just this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. They've tr- they're trying hard to revitalize Market East. And, yeah. and uh, when they announced the stadium the other day, uh, you know, as I knew it would, just arguments upon arguments. Um, you've had people that's going as far as saying, like, this traffic is going to affect the traffic of people that live, like, in South Philly and all of that. And I'm like, How? Like, I don't particularly understand the how of this. The best one I saw was a lot. I mean, like, a lot of people. Like, I can't believe the city doing this shit, but it's like, you ain't got money for the potholes. <laughs> you ain't got money to clean the trash. And I'm like, yo, the first line of the article says privately, privately funded. funded. This yeah. is not the city. It has nothing to do with this. This is a, this is a, we ran it down the other week. This is a three plus billion dollar organization. Yeah. They have the money. Yeah. And as much as they are a sports and entertainment company, they are a real estate company as well, which is why they're investing the money into their own bricks and their own real estate because they don't want to fucking be sharing nothing with nobody. Real shit. And, yeah. they, and if they don't have the money, whoever going to put their name on the building got the money. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Seat geek or yeah. ticket fly or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Like. Michael Rubin might already got a sports book going name it that. Right, sure. <laughs> the Michael yeah. Rubin Sports Michael Book Rubin. Arena. Yeah. <laughs> Bet Big Arena. <laughs> Real shit. Real talk. But yeah, the, uh, it's funny because the only people I saw actually happy about it are all my lawyer friends who's like, shit, I can walk to the game now. Like, right. they don't, they don't exactly. want exactly. this. Like, that was my head. Yeah, then, like, like, shit, nigga, I gotta move my truck, nigga. I'm like, so exactly where no, Market East no, is going. No, real talk. They're gonna be tailgating in the parking yeah. lot. And, and my whole thing was this the convention center hold what, like 14,000 people? Yeah, I could see that. Let me see. Uh, Let me look that up. So, the Philly Convention Center, let's say somewhere between nine to 14,000 people. 
They have big ass events there right. every year. The tattoo convention, not the black tattoo convention. No, the real. The tattoo. national tattoo, the tattoo convention, comes to Philly every year in February. Um, car show, the car show, like the, the the flower show. Once upon a time, now it's down uh, FDR Park or whatever. But it's just like, yo, you have big giant events that come here, and everybody gets around just fine. So how all of a sudden is this one? Uh, sports arena dedicated to one team where you want to basically have events there, you know, basketball games rather 41 times a year plus whatever concerts and stuff like that. So you might be talking about 150 out of 365 days a year you're going to have actual events here. How does that just uh, that just completely ruin the infrastructure of a of an area where there's not really that many people here when you look at like uh, population density and all that as far as people that actually live in and around Market East, like in like a six by six radius or seven by seven radius, whatever the case may be, which is the equivalent of like the size of San Francisco. Right. Like how, how can't, like, you know what I'm saying? Like how can't uh, we afford to put this here? Like I just didn't, that wasn't computing for me. The convention know? center is 2 million square feet. 679,000 square feet of exhibition space, 528,000 square feet uh, of that, that is contiguous <laughs> exhibition space. I don't know what the fuck that means. Oh. Uh, yeah, okay, you know <laughs> exactly. Uh, scroll down, scroll down, scroll down. Eighty-two meeting rooms. Uh, fifteen thousand people. Um, if you do a concert there, you can get twelve thousand. If you do a basketball game, you get ninety-six hundred. Big giant place. That's a big ass. Place. It's a big ass meeting place yeah. that has multi multiple conversions and multiple usages and runs for multiple blocks. <laughs> like you got this side, you got that side. You go from this block to that block. Like this is a monstrosity mm-hmm. of a building, and it's right across the street from Reading Terminal, which also draws thousands of people to it per day. Oh yeah, everybody gets around just fine. So how does this one addition to the neighborhood that's going to pump? money, jobs, opportunity directly into the Market East community. How is that problematic? Especially once you go out of the Market East square of like a community to where it's like all of a sudden we're supposed to believe that like this is just going to compromise the integrity of the neighborhood. I don't buy it. Yeah, me neither. People always say shit like that. Like, black people don't even come here unless they got a boot anyway. Exactly. Don't even come down the show unless they boot it. Because there's no attractions down here. Like, niggas is not going shopping at Charlie's Jeans. Like, it's nothing bringing you down here. Like, niggas is not, like, it's a Citizens Bank in every ghetto in, in Philadelphia. Like, you don't have to come down here to go to Citizens Bank. You know what I'm saying? That's funny shit. No, that's real. Uh... I'd like, I say it all the time. Like, I, I you know, I think it's a de- decent idea. Shit, when you go to these other cities and you see that they have arenas smack dab yeah. right downtown, it's like, yo, it would be kind of cool to be able to leave a Sixers game and then go somewhere else. And you don't have exactly. to, like, fight again. Because like, realistically, now it would make it a little bit easier to take the train or the bus into the zone. <laughs> now, of course, the train and the bus, you know, they're going to clean that shit up because. You go underground now, that's your ass. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the way it's been working recently, you know, you get your issues. Yeah, you get attacked by the foot, you go underground right now. No. <laughs> uh-uh, you gotta have your ninja size Yeah, on you, real shit. You go down in the L now, you you asking for it. That's how fried I was uh, off of edibles. Like, two weeks ago, I watched the two Ninja Turtles movies, the live action show. Yeah, the, the first one is very good. Very good. That's a very good movie. <laughs> yes. Second one, they was on bullshit. Yeah. But, 
But the first one was very, very Megan ugly. Fox is some premium milk. She's 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 reason enough to watch both of them turtle movies. Oh, yeah, oh you talking about the new turtle? Yeah, the I'm new turtle. The original no, turtle. No, no, no. I'm talking about the, the oh, new no. 2020 I watched turtle. the original turtles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the original Jones. That was the shit. But uh, yeah, I think it would be decent, you know, to have a stadium right there it's downtown. The whole be cool. area stinks. It does Anything smell. Anything to fix, to bring any sort of glimmer of hope to the area other than Independence Mall is like, yes, yeah. let's do this. Yeah. This shit sucks. Speaking of Independence Mall, have you, have you seen when Bill Burr went off about Philadelphia? Yes. Oh. It's epic. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. yeah, he was basically, what he did was... <laughs> The Patrice O'Neill School of Comedy yeah, tells you that yeah. if you are bombing, you take everybody down. But with he you. wasn't even bombing. That was the crazy part. So y'all don't know what we're talking about. They had a show over at uh, in Camden at yes. BBNT. Bob Saget, uh, Tracy Morgan, Bill Burr, a bunch of them up there. Everybody was getting booed just because motherfuckers was rowdy, whatever, <laughs> right. whatever. Too many Budweiser. Yeah. <laughs> and Bill Burr took the stage, and they were booing before he even got on the motherfucking stage. And for 15 minutes, he just laid in to Philadelphia. Everything. The sports teams, the Liberty Bell, the everything, yo. It was fucking epic. And we was talking about it. I'm like, yo, I started, like, getting into, like, Neil Brennan and Bill Burr and just going back and forth with them motherfuckers. Yo, there's some really good comedians, yes. dog. Like, really, yes. really good. Neil Brennan was... T- you know, Neil Brennan actually got the N-word off in a joke. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, people have their reservations about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, people that are that are not black saying the, the N-word and shit. And I'm not going to lie. I get people were mad. But the way he did it was like, yo, it was genius. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He said Dave Chappelle put him in a group chat. And he's like, I'm in this group chat now with Dave Chappelle... Kevin Hart, Martin Lawrence, Eddie Murphy, and Chris Rock, right? And I'm the only white guy in the group chat. I'm in there with these five historically great black comedians. And he was like, yo, they use the N-word so much that it's become like second nature to me. And I didn't even realize because I'm in this group chat. He's like, I'm in the car the other day by myself and I'm starving. And I straight was like, yo, a nigga got to get something to eat. took him to a birthday party for one of his homies he was like white people with us he's like i like i love white people and he's like the thing with us is like we're just so uptight because we care about the rules and it's so funny remember i said at the live show in brooklyn i'm like niggas do not care about rules we don't they don't follow them jones everyone's talking about the rule book and my apartment (laughs) nigga he was like yo white people we love rules. That's us. So when you are a stickler for rules and you love rules, you can never really relax. He's like, Dave Chappelle took me to this party. It's like, you know, it, it's not a great neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, we go into this bar, did a pop some bottles. Did He's like, we get in there, yo, and it's like a basement party. He's like, just like, you know, the way Biggie and him. He's like, yeah. this is like an underground <laughs> hip hop party. And he was, <laughs> he's like, yo, we get in there and no bullshit. It's like 750. 50 people on top of each other, smoking, drinking, holding up bottles. I'm like the only white person in there. And all I kept thinking about was, when is the fire marshal coming to shut this shit down? (laughs) 
<laughs> he was like, when you're white, you just, you live a life that people don't really understand if you're not white. He was like, perfect example, you can go on a ride along when you white. You know what I'm right, saying? He right. was like, people don't understand it. He was like, let me explain to you what a ride along is. You call your local precinct and you say, hey, my name is Neil. I want to do a ride along. And they say, okay, great. We're going to send a squad car over because we got nothing else to do. We'll send a squad car over. And a squad car pulls up. They open the door for you and you get in the back seat, which is already an experience because what other reason would I have to be in the back of a squad car? I'm white. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he started pumping his they're pretty silly and shit, man. That's some good ass stand up, dog. And Bob Saget was on the joint talking about with, with Bill Burr how crazy it was when he did that shit. Bob Saget was like, I'm standing there watching it, like, this is like gonna live in infamy forever. Like, this is crazy. And he's like, Bill Burr came up the stage snapping, like, that was fucking terrible. Did it? He was like, everybody, Patrice on the other side, like, no, that shit you just did was legendary. He's like, people were scared to go on stage after him. Damn. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, I was watching uh, Dave's uh, induction into uh, the Mark Twain. Uh, mm-hmm. He got the Mark Twain Award or whatever the case may be. And uh, I was watching it, and, you know, you had Neil Brennan and Bradley Cooper and Tiffany Haddish and uh, John Stewart and all these different people talking or whatever. And Neil is like, yeah, he's like, so, you know, me and Dave were friends, whatever the case may be. He says randomly calls you one day and says, hey, if Universal calls you, we're writing a weed movie. He's like, what weed movie? He said, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he says, so Universal calls and said, hey, are you working on a weed movie with Dave Chappelle? He said, yes, I am. He said, okay, when can you pitch it to us? He said, give me 30 days. He said, so I called Dave on day 29 and said, hey, we should really start working on this weed movie for this pitch for Universal. He said, so we go in there, we pitch like, and we, we probably worked on it for about three hours. And then we go in there and pitch half baked, and that's the reason why it's the worst movie Yo. of all time. Dave Chappelle was saying uh, the people was mad at him because he didn't come do. He was supposed to come do some speech, and he was like at the last minute. Uh, Chris Rock invited him as a guest to go to the Oscars, and Dave Chappelle went, and the people was all mad at him. He's like, "Yeah, y'all gotta like give me a little bit of grace." It's like I got invited to the Oscars. Like this is this is not normal. Y'all seen the movies I make? I, I never get invited to the Oscars. <laughs> Last <laughs> night, uh, Dave Chappelle came out on stage with Kevin Hart and Chris Rock. Really? And and uh, Kevin Hart bought a goat. Like, he bought an actual goat <laughs> yeah. out on the stage and shit. And uh, Dave Chappelle was like, yeah, see, now, Kev, I understand you bringing the goat because, you know, you are the goat. And he was like, no, I bought the goat because you're the goat and Chris, you guys are the goats. You know, he was like, I'm, I, I would have much rather you brought a sheep. You know what I'm saying? Because goats, they eat the ground and they they start at the bottom and work their way up. Sheets eat off the top of the sheeps eat off the top of the grass. Kev's like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? He was like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Chris, Chris Rock was like, I'm still lost as the point in the goat. What 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 is the goat's name? Kev said his name is Will Smith. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> His name is Will Smith. <laughs> hey, they was funny as shit. Like, like, then the handler came out and he, to like get the goat. Like, yeah. also, like, let me come get it. And he picked it up like basically from the back. And Dave was like, don't pick the goat, the goat up by the pussy like that ever again. Please don't do that. And don't lick your fingers when you're walking off after you. <laughs> but Dave was just silly as shit last night. Yeah. So it's I'm, good to see Dave still, you know, like, moving. Like yeah. we talked last week, like moving around and doing his joint. And, you know, it's just cool. Yeah, during, during Bradley Cooper's speech, he was like, uh, he was, you know, telling all these stories about 
about how close him and Dave are and them, you know, just hanging out here, mm-hmm. here, here. And he was like, he's like, he's like, I'll never forgive Dave Chappelle for one thing. He said, your monologue on SNL. He said, you said you were at this party at the White House with all these black people. And then you looked around and Bradley Cooper was there and it was strange and it threw you off. I came to that party with you, motherfucker. <laughs> like, we, we, came, we came together. What do you mean you're surprised to see me? Yeah. <laughs> funny as shit, man. But, uh, what was the original joint we talked about? I don't about? know. Yeah, we kind of went oh, down. Oh, Marketing Serena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 76 ha- Place at Marketing Serena. That's what it's going to be called, 76 yeah. Place. Yeah, I, I like the idea of it. I think that's I love cool. It. Yeah, get away from that. I know the Wells Fargo was pissed because they're like, yo, y'all about to take all of the concerts and all of the other shit out of here. Yeah. Yeah. That's this. Yeah. Well, they back Mikey on Mondays. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wells Fargo going to be doing celebrity basketball games. That's it. Blueface versus fucking yeah. uh, Nick Young boxing. M- Mike Missinelli <laughs> <laughs> versus Angelo Cataldi in the voice. Yeah, that shit going to be bad. Uh, something we have to talk about. It's really big. It's going on. We got to talk about Sesame Place. Yes, we do. Yeah. Um, what was your initial thought in hearing it? Uh, well, it, I saw it before I heard it. I just kind of saw it, and I saw these Sesame Place videos popping around, but I wasn't, like, reading the captions or clicking on them. And then, like, I got into, like, what was going on, and I'm like, yo, what in the Ku Klux Klan place is, like, is going on with this? Like, Has there been any reports before this of racism at Sesame Place? No. And, I, yo, I, I was saying the other day, I'm like, yo, maybe this is just me. But Sesame Place and Sesame Street been around for, like, 50 years, right? Yeah. And we got, what, six cases in this of racism? Yeah. I'm like, yo, for as much racism as out in the world, pretty good racism. pretty good, yo. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, like... I like yeah. It was just confusing to me because it's just like for the last week and a half, people have just been trauma bonding on the internet over like their children being embarrassed, and y'all like posting these videos and all this shit, which is absolutely not helping. I, I said the other day, uh, I was at dinner with my lady and a, a, a another couple, and I, I told them, I'm like, yo, I don't. I think y'all are giving too much credit to like the people in these costumes because. I'm in a costume, right? Yeah. So life isn't going that great. Right. Right? I'm in a costume. <laughs> For 13 bucks an hour. You know, I'm in a costume. This costume is heavy as shit. I can't, I'm, I'm on crystal meth, most likely. Most likely. Most likely on some type of illicit drug. Where I, is Sesame Place? It's in like... It's on no, uh, Sesame no, Street. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> I think... It's on like 611 or something like that, right? Near, near the old studio, around there somewhere. Okay, cool. It's like up, uh, I know that it's somewhere to F, Fairless Hills. Fairless Hills. It's okay. out that way. Yeah, you're, you're definitely on crystal meth. Yeah. Right? You're either wealthy or you're on crystal meth if you live in Fairless Hills. And nobody wealthy's putting on that costume. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I, I did hear there's a video of somebody slapping a kid. I didn't see it, though. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's drawing. That, that is, could be urban legend. I, I don't know. I haven't seen it. It's supposed to be out there. Okay. I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. But if you smack my kid, the last thing you're going to have to worry about is... Uh, me making fun of you me on make, the yeah, internet. Yeah, talk, me posting it on the internet. It's going right. to be a video. The second video is going to be me whooping your ass right. in that costume. Right. But missing the kid's hands is like, yeah, it's fucked up. But, you know, he's on meth. Right. Or she. I don't want to discriminate. Right. Meth is equal opportunity. Meth is equal opportunity, <laughs> especially in that area yeah, and in those costumes. Definitely. So, you know, people are outraged about this shit. And, you know, they, they, you know, it's like, wasn't the creator of Sesame Street black? Yes, the whole everything was based around, like, 
teaching cho- black children in Harlem, USA. That was like the whole point of Sesame Street. Sesame Street. I'm going back. Wasn't Se- I got a new way to walk? Wasn't that Sesame Street? Walk, walk. I don't know. I've smoked a lot of reefer. In my see, y'all grew up in tough, tough, <laughs> tough areas. I remember going to Sesame Place when I was a kid. I think that was Sesame Place. I got a new way to walk, walk, walk. Yeah, barking up the wrong tree here, fella. Oh man, <laughs> Dan's not even interested oh, in participating. He's just leaning back in the chair. That's because like, Dan was before Sesame Street. <laughs> Dan grew up on the Flip Wilson show. <laughs> Fucking Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah, I got a new way to. Yeah, Sesame Street. I got a new way to walk. I know I'm fucking tripping. You're very well versed in your Sesame I remember place. Sesame Street Place and all that shit from when I was a kid. Sesame Place social studies. It was real nice to black people back, <laughs> back, back in my day. For you niggas start, yeah. start twerking on I, I, I was shaking too many hands in Sesame Street back in the day. <laughs> real shit. The, um, while that was going on, you know, it just... I don't know. I, do, do you feel like at times we're kind of like Overly offended. We're offended by everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, like we, like Dave Chappelle talked about it, you know, throughout his run of comedy specials, whatever, about having like a brittle spirit. Yeah. There's a lot of people out here that just have an absolutely brittle spirit that they're waking up every day trying to find the injustice in everything. I listened to Tariq Nasheed. Let's about 35 minutes of Tariq Nasheed on academics podcast earlier this week. Holy shit. You want to talk about a brittle spirit, somebody that's basically like, despite the fact that you've succeeded to the point where you've become a multimillionaire in your own right, a critically acclaimed filmmaker and all that in your own right, you're still blaming everything that ever happened ever in the history of America on white supremacy. Like, I've never heard somebody say white supremacy so many times, so fast, ha, and so many times. (laughs) (laughs) That's a Kenny Red reference. Ah, For those of you that don't know me. Yeah, yeah uh, bitch. <laughs> you wonder how many times that I called you bitch. You wonder how many times that you sucked the chick's dick. I'm going to call you back, bitch. That's funny as shit. Um, so, yeah, it, it just made my head spin. And I'm just like, bro, like, we have to have some sort of accountability or culpability in something maybe that happened. At least post like civil rights era, like like all right, maybe we maybe we were the victims of a lot of injustice, but at some point we started to turn the tables and be on some bullshit, at least a little bit. And like the whole comparison that Act was trying to make, because you know Act is Jamaican American, whatever he's a Jamaican mm-hmm. immigrant, whatever the case may be, and he's talking about like yo the perception that black immigrants from like the Caribbean and Nigeria and other parts of Africa and stuff like that come here and succeed more than black people do. And Tariq Nasheed is just completely just rejecting it. It's like, man, no, we been did that. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all, y'all talking about engineers and scientists and this and this. We been did that. You know right. what I'm saying? We did that 60 years ago. And I'm like, yeah, that's the thing. We did it 60 years ago. We haven't done it by and large in the last 60 years since. Right, right. Like, black people invented everything. We fucking laid the blueprint for everything. Like, the fucking traffic light, peanut butter, smoothie. Like, every we've invented everything on Earth. Elevator. The elevator. All of this shit. The gas mask. Mm-hmm. Like, everything. We invented it. The cotton gin. All of this shit. You would think that at some point, you'd be like, yeah, we did those things. But... From like eighty two on, we kind of been like full of shit. And Tyreek Nasheed is just like, nope, absolutely not, nope. 
those those uh, black immigrants are coming here riding the coattails of black Americans and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't know if that's true. I said it a couple months ago. Like, when you look at the progression that black people were on through the, the, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s. Man. You know, like, like, think about it. Incredible like, things, things were completely segregated, yo. Like, we really had to integrate them schools, integrate them colleges, integrate, like, the work place like every like it was fully segregated and the the strides that we took you you know there was a point where like you would as black people you'd get on the bus pay get back off the bus and then walk to the back door and then come like you couldn't even walk through the bus exactly don't you disturbing these good white folks right real shit so the the progression that we just were on you remember black people weren't even allowed to go get food in places and yeah. it, it was crazy and I always say, like, we got to 19, like, 68, and it just, like, was a screeching halt. And things just kind of, like, slowed down as far as progression. And we started to, like, almost ununify. Absolutely. And now you have these, where it's, it's like Kev said it, you know, you got the, the wealthy blacks who don't want to be associated with the poor blacks yeah. and they don't want to be associated with the street blacks. Yeah, and, the, and they don't want to be associated with the nouveau riche blacks either. The Jay-Z's and the Puffy's and the Birdman's. 50 Cent said and, that on one of his songs. Uh, What song was it where he said the, the damn, you know, I, I, I know everything, but it's like yeah. it's, it's not there. But he said something along the lines of, they, oh, they think they say I'm new money. I came up too fast. Like, that's really yeah. a thing. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. so it's basically like you know you have all of this segmentation that exists you know within you know black people and because there's no overall unity or common ground amongst the the different segmentations because of classism um, and us being some of the worst purveyors of classism to one another, it's like how can you then subsequently turn around and blame everything on white supremacy right. when we've done just as much to perpetuate the overall notions of white supremacy as they actually have in practice to where they don't even have to do it no more because the programming and the coding already exists within the overall community. I said that before. They don't even have to work. No. Yeah. The work is done already. Yeah. The work is done already. So it's like for somebody that's as sharp, as smart, as well put together, as educated as Tariq Nasheed is, to just basically sum every black problem, economic, socioeconomic, uh, communal, and otherwise, to white supremacy, it's like, all right, at least the last 22 years we was on some bullshit. Like, goddamn, like, we got to take some form of, like, formal accountability to say, yes, there is a problem that we, at bare minimum, contributed to, and then we can start the repair process. But to just wholly reject the notion that, like, black, nope, none of the black problems are black people's fault. None of that, white supremacy is like, that's very brittle and very lazy on your behalf. That's that. Do better than this. Sounds like an interesting interview. Very interesting. I got about 35 minutes in and was like, whoop, cut this off. Yeah. It wore me out. And it made me want to go back because there's a famous episode of Brilliant Idiots where Schultz and Tariq Nasheed are just going at it ah, for an hour and a half. Straight. I know that's good. And Charlemagne is just not even saying anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, he just like, I don't know what to do with this. But Schultz's argument, and I didn't necessarily see it at the time because, you know, your lens and where you are in life can kind of like, you know, determine your outlook on shit. Mm, for sure. I couldn't really understand, like, the point he was making of, like, 
if you just summarily blame everything on white supremacy, that means that black people have no free will, no culpability in any of the decisions um, or transgressions that have happened in the black community. I don't think that that's a fair assessment of, you know what I'm saying? Of the overall status of like black right. America. And he's like, probably because I'm a white Jewish guy, like, you know, a Jewish Italian guy, like nobody wants to hear that shit, but like, yeah, like I don't buy the white supremacy argument. And at the time I'm like, yeah, I don't know if that's true. But now looking back, I'm like, damn, white boy is making sense. Yeah. It sucks when you got to agree with the oppressor. Yeah. But when you're right, you're right. Really interesting case study in media right now is the fact that, like, I know you don't really tap into all of this shit, but, like, Joe Budden and Andrew Scholes are, like, mortal enemies or whatever. The case yeah, is. I knew that. They're mortal enemies. And it's so funny to see the explosive path that, like, Andrew Scholes is on, um, you know, to the point where it's like, you know, he just did Rogan again. Rogan just did Flagrant. They rebranded Flagrant. They rebranded Flagrant 2 as uh, just Flagrant or whatever, and they got, like, a television production behind the show and all his different stuff, and like we talked about, like his him on Patreon. the fact that he can do that when it's yeah, he's he's a it's just unreal, yo. It's more got cast iron hands. No, Sticks is in trouble. <laughs> the hookah ninja warrior. <laughs> Sticks is in trouble. All right. So, <clears throat> um, and then like his you know his foray into comedy and how hard he's mm-hmm. killing it in comedy and all of that. And, um, you know, the fact that, like, Joe Button, just because they're, like, so entrenched in this beef, he just has, he will not acknowledge none of the dope shit that Andrew Schultz is doing. And right. I'm just like, yeah, I mean, you know, even if my fucking enemy, even if my fuck is my mortal enemy, but if they do some dope shit, you got to give people their props for, right. you know, the accomplishments that they make because some things you just can't fake, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And, um, you know, it's just an interesting uh, case study. And, and it all goes back to, something that I realized, uh, you know, throughout their process, like basically a whole thing of like Joe overvaluing like himself and his product um, when they were free agents or whatever, coming out of that first Spotify deal and trying to negotiate and leverage out like to get a network deal or whatever the case may be with whoever there may have been. And, and shows basically like, yeah, I, I don't think that, you know, you're properly assessing, your market value. Like, I think there's some wrong calculation that, it, you know what I'm saying, that exists here. And Joe has just basically just taken that to heart and just married himself to this beef. Mm. I don't want a beef. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much beef in, like, podcasts. so much, dog. Listen, <laughs> I was going to say this. The interesting thing with podcasting, yo, the podcast, especially in the urban space, is being run now by people who didn't like the nasty politics of music. Yeah, the people that were in and around the music industry. They didn't like the politics, so they kind of like shifted over into podcasting. Not necessarily that's the reason that they shifted over, but because of the politics of music, okay, I'm a pivot, go left, start podcasting. Now the podcast game, especially in the urban space, has blown up. It's yep. just, it's ignited to where it's a, what is it? I think it's 3 million registered podcasts on Apple or some shit like that. The industry is on, the industry at large is on pace to be at 96 billion by 2029. I can see that. I can see that. 96 billion. For, for, so basically a $100 billion market cap by 2020. Right. And we just want 5 million. We will take our our measly portion That's of it. the billions. 
these people who didn't necessarily like the practices and the goings-ons of the music industry, the politics, the gatekeeping, they've left and come to podcasting now, and they've bought the nasty politics yes, and gatekeeping. They've applied them all ad, ad nauseum yeah. directly to the podcasting industry because, you know, for a long time, there was, uh, there was no roof on the podcast industry. And what I mean by that is it's like you start a podcast fucking Monday, you get, you know, web hosting with fucking anchor or Podbean. You fucking upload your first episode. So you start a podcast Monday, record your first episode Tuesday, put it on the fucking directories by Wednesday, your podcast is up and out and it has global distribution because the major players are, Two companies that already have global distribution, right. Apple and Spotify. Exactly. So with that alone, just with those two alone, you're plugging into a network of limitless eyes to where it's like, hey, all you got to do is connect your message to your to your media, and then you bridge the gap between whatever audience you had from whatever the fuck you did before. Oh, yeah, he fuck a lot of hoes, whatever the case may be. All right, bet. Let's listen to the whole Catcher podcast. He was a super street nigga and a rapper. All right, let's listen to the super street nigga, super rap nigga podcast, whatever the case may be. So you create this bridge from your audience to your podcast, direct to consumer with no middleman, no label, none of that shit. So if you're already got a million, two million followers from doing something else or being popular on the internet, your podcast is pretty much guaranteed success because now there's a roof on this shit right. now to where it's like the industry has caught up to the interest of the general person and all of these people making podcasts to where now Mano can re- record a podcast in his crib and he has fucking 15 sponsorships attached to his fucking podcast because he has all these eyes on him from being a rapper, being on Love & Hip Hop, fucking world star, this, this, and this. Every piece of media that he's done uh, prior to starting a podcast has built up all this goodwill for him to turn around and then tell y'all stories from his fucking living room with whatever his special rap guests or former enemies or whatever it may be. Whatever the premise of the show may be, you basically are walking into guaranteed money. Exactly. And the ones that knew how to sell in addition to storytell and book guests and this, that, and the third who had structure and were able to sell their product or had somebody around them that was able to sell this product. They all made a lot of money in short order. Like, that was a wonderful bro. Yo, you high is better than most people. So that was, that was wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So they, they've basically been able to connect their product to the, to an audience first and then boom. So it's like, once you have the proof of concept, five, 10 episodes, then the fucking, uh, you know, you have services like Advertise Cast and stuff like that where essentially the advertisers are looking for you at that point. Bingo. Let alone if you have somebody actively selling your show or if you get a lot of traction on YouTube, now they're pushing you to Google AdSense and all of that, blah, blah, blah. So it's like it's money all around this thing when you've already known you for coming doing in, something You're coming in above a certain line of demarcation. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that's like the rapper game. Then you have the pretty girl podcasting game where it's like, you got these girls that are just cute on the internet or used to be dealing with this rapper or used to be doing this, 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 and this. And then they start a podcast and then they can go on their podcast. And from episode one, have a show full of sponsors by them telling the most vile sex related stories in history. Mm -hmm. The call me daddies and the, Think it was like a surgery podcast mm-hmm. and uh, all this. These girls could just go and just tell their experience with this successful man or this person. Or I was here and then this happened and I was with the prince of Dubai and he told me he was gonna fart in my ear for fifty thousand, whatever case may be. Mm-hmm. Like, and they could just tell the most 
insane freaking stories or whatever the case may be about whatever. Um, there was one that that's like a, a case study now for podcasting where this girl went on a podcast and was talking about her and her boyfriend was in the house in bed. Her ex hits her up. Her boyfriend didn't want to wake up and have sex with her, so she snuck out the house, went and had sex with her ex, got busted, came home, and then the boyfriend woke up and ate the other guy's cum from out of her. From She was out having sex with the ex. Wait, what's this case study again? Exactly. So it's, like, so it's like, so you have these, like, situations where women are allowed to go and just tell the most vile, crazy stories Via podcasting and shit like that, and nobody bats an eyelash. Like yeah. World Star picks it up, the shade room, spiritual. Everybody just picks it up and ha 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 ha. Whereas if a man were to tell a similar story, they would be outside of his house with pitchforks. It was something I saw the other day where I thought to myself, like, what if it, what if it was men doing this? I can't remember exactly what it is right now. There was a, there's a situation right now unfolding on TikTok where a female lawyer, I'm not gonna say her ethnicity. Female lawyer made a TikTok basically saying how she advised one of her clients that was going through a divorce to sleep with her husband in order to get alimony. What do you mean? So she's separated from the husband. They're going through a divorce or whatever. Her lawyer is advising her, yeah, in order to leverage the alimony and get the alimony, whatever, out of your husband, you should go and have sex with him. So you have a lawyer telling their client to go have sex with their husband, basically initiating like some form of like quid pro quo or like on extreme level prostitution. You, oh, you want, you want this alimony? Cool. Give him some pussy and then he'll probably end up signing the alimony agreement, whatever, whatever. So you have that going on. So now you have other lawyers online breaking the shit down and they like, okay, so woman telling a woman to have sex with a man for money, that's all, that's all good for shits and giggles. But if uh, you just take two letters out of this and there's a man telling a woman to have sex with money, that's toxic masculinity and coercion and all of this other shit. Mm -hmm. So it's just like these, di these different uh, stigmas and uh, barriers to entry and stuff like that that exists within these different industries and these segmentations and all of this shit where it's like, it's rules for some people, but it ain't no rules for other people. Oh yeah, that's the way it goes. And because of like you said, like, have like all right so you have like the pretty privilege and the female privilege and then you have like the rapper privilege and all the shit where it's like a rapper could have a podcast and it could be completely terrible but just because he's a rapper people are going to watch the shit he's going to automatically like attract eyeballs mm -hmm. so and then you have people like blocking guests from there was a whole thing years ago where like elliot wilson was trying to like block uh somebody from going on his podcast and Nori's podcast at the same time or so like the rapper, the industry BS or whatever the case may be. And it's like, yeah, as much as y'all hated the industry politics and all of that over there, you bring it to this new frontier, this whole new industry and you perpetuate the same BS because in truth, you didn't have a problem with the politics. You had a problem that you weren't the beneficiary of the industry politics. Bingo. Bingo. I know I took the long way home on that, but I brought it home. Yeah, no, that was that was excellent. You know, like I, you know, the breakdowns is that that's what we do. Yeah, yeah, it's a nasty game. Yes, nasty. It's 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 an interesting game because I had somebody ask me that the other day. How do you feel about podcasting at this point? You know, you five five years and some change in. Yeah. I'm just like, I think it's one of them things where me and Chad are both. I, I hate to speak for you, but we've started something. We are at the forefront of something, and 
I think me and you are both committed to seeing it through. Because we understand we have something unique. Absolutely. We have something uh, decent. We have something, in, you know, intelligent, insightful, funny. You know, we, we, we have something. And when you're able to monetize something, um, you know, and it works, and then it works better, and then it works better, whatever, whatever. At that point, all you're really fighting for is additional market penetration as opposed to, like, your proof of concept or whatever the case may be. Like, we've already done that. You right. know what I'm saying? And I've told this story on the show multiple times. It's like I had the idea to do a Patreon in 2019 before anybody right. knew what Patreon was. But I knew, like, you got to build up a certain amount of brand equity in order to be able to sell that, blah, blah, blah. And then now we have it. And then now we've scaled our Patreon to where we've changed, we've refreshed our tiers more than one time, whatever, whatever. We've had our Patreon for a year and a half. And that audience, you know, it has some form of, like, ebbs and flows and fluctuations. But for the most part, we don't we have a reservoir that we don't go below mm-hmm. in terms of that. So it's like, you know, you that means that you have a cult following of locked in listeners that appreciate the content and the information and the resources and the community and blah, blah, blah. And because of that, you know, it continues to, you know, grow, whether it be slowly, whatever the case may be, or it grow in dollar amount or it grow in actual people or grow in participation, whatever. As long as the growth continues to be there, that's Don't something that. that you absolutely want to stick with. Don't hit that. Okay. That's something that you want to uh, that you want to stick with, whatever right. the case may be. So, you know, we've already been able to find the business in this thing and put ourselves in that space of the five or eight percent or whatever a podcast that actually, you know, monetize and make money. So with that being said, it's just like now it's about, you know, just structuring and, you know, and creating more verticals in order to be able to pull from, you know, the audience that um, that's already there and already exists. Real shit. That was wonderful. Thank you. Just got a, a text about, uh, you, you'll see it. Hey. See that? Piece of lettuce, Piece of lettuce, prayer hands. Hey, man, got some positive <laughs> news, man. We might have something coming down shout the pipeline. Shout out to that. Yeah, shout out to that. We also have a uh, big uh, uh, podcasting executive reviewing our work this yeah, weekend. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, clap that Let's up. Clap Hopefully that, that up. goes the right way. Back from that, you know what I'm saying? You know, I got my I got my white Nike set. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I told Dan, I'm like, listen, baby, we 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 might wear all white. You know what I'm saying? Up there, you know, this might be a trip to New York that actually go real good. Yeah, exactly. Not, not, just, not just hook and white castle. <laughs> Dan, know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. Yo, real shit, man. But um. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's 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 crazy having to take the long way home, and it's interesting that you did that in the, the in your breakdown. But that's what the industry has become. It's either rocket or the long way to the moon. Absolutely, that's what it is. And what it is is that you know, Adam Twenty Two had a he, he, you know, I don't even think he advertently meant to have this conversation, but he ended up you know having this conversation on his podcast with uh, Mandy from. Um, She was on. She was on the uh, Joe Button podcast, whatever. Um, I forget the name of. The I know who you're talking about, but I yeah, also, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he had he had her on on his podcast, whatever, a couple months ago, probably back in like November, and he got into like the business of podcasts, and he's like, "Yo, what's going on right now is." You have all these different media entities competing for eyeballs and talent to mm-hmm. put on these respective podcasts, whatever, whatever. Whether it be fucking all the smoke, Gillian Wallow, uh, you know Joe Button to a certain extent. He doesn't do a ton of guests, but he's starting to do more now. Yeah, big Bank, uh, Big Facts, Big Bank, 
uh, you oh, know, Dan, you got Carisha's show, like, and Act everybody, and yeah. their whole goal is to make Vlad. You have this whole goal of everybody's trying to make this content appear like organic, <laughs> when in reality, it's not they, even close. There is a whole industry of movers, shakers, and mechanisms, and and different machinations of uh, technology and promotional vehicles and all of that that are pushing this content into people's faces in order to make them engage with Ain't it. Ain't that crazy that podcast has become rap? Yes. Where it's definitely not an organic, oh, you nice, unsigned type yeah. type aspect to it. It's no, it's a machine. Yeah, pushing this shit. Yeah. It's like people, and the thing is, it's like the average person isn't interested enough to really in get the it. behind yeah. the scenes of it to where all they see is, oh, XYZ show is talking to ABC artists. Right. Not realizing like, this motherfucker don't want to talk to these blockhead niggas or niggettes or whatever. They don't want to talk to these people. They're being paid to be here. Right. And then just as much as they're being paid, at least 30% to half of that is being used to market and promote this thing through measures like Google advertising, IG, Facebook advertising, and blah, 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 to make the numbers big to where it's like, you can't differentiate what's what. Like a few years ago, to make the music industry direct correlation, six nine did that where he was able to manufacture a nope. number one record, multiple, multiple number one records with Google ads, right? And because more than thirty percent of his viewership came from ad based generation, they disqualified the shit and were like, "Yeah, so they disqualified millions of his views because they're like, yo, this is not I, organic viewership.' I ain't gonna hold you, yo. Whoever was on six nine's team." Man, like the the shit a was genius. A straight think about all the, the like the shit he did. Manufactured a number three, then manufactured two number ones. Manufactured a YouTube video that had three billion <laughs> exactly. watches. They manufactured up. They broke the IG live. Remember, he was the first motherfucker with two million. Two million. Like mm -hmm. they literally manufactured. A, I listen. Kev, and if y'all can manufacture, and majority, <laughs> and majority of it was like Russian fucking bots and Mexican. Have you ever seen a bot farm? I've heard about them. I saw a video the other day on YouTube where it's literally like warehouses where it's just shit going and yeah. spinning and watching shit over and over. Yeah. And over. Shit is crazy. Yeah, so it's like, you Were know. Were we talking about the sneaker bot sneaker shit bot, the other yeah. day? You can literally go and get like a Yeezy bot, a Supreme bot, Nike bot. Yeah. A tonics. I don't know if niggas still wearing it. You can get a tonic bot, nigga. You can get all kinds of just bots. I had a motherfucker in New York who I like buy sneakers off. He was like, yo, I can get you a bot for like 5000 And I was like, I ain't, I, like, I ain't really trying to put out 5Gs and I don't really know. He was like, man, I'm telling you the boy, he Russian boy. He like, no, nah, the bot shit, where it's at? I'm like, nah, I ain't fucking with it. Nigga, the Union Force drop. The nigga was sitting on Union Force like Martin was sitting on the heroin on Blue Street. <laughs> <laughs> nigga just sitting on 70 pairs of motherfucking Union Force. I'm like, damn. <laughs> Should have got that bot. Should have treated myself instead of cheating myself. Yeah, I, I lost 2600 in a casino last night. <laughs> Could have bought a fucking bot. Like, but it is all the bots. You can't buy the bot no more. No. They, everybody's selling you keys to their bots. Mm hmm Yeah. So you bought a bot So basically you could ago. piggyback off of their yeah. bot. Yeah. It's like having unlimited AUs. Yeah. Got it. That's exactly what it's like. It's crazy. Give me five racks, I'll put you on my job. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully you get some fucking, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hopefully you get some shoes you yeah. can use. Yeah, yeah. You, get some, you know what I'm saying? Guys coming. You know what I'm saying? 
Shit crazy, man. Yeah, but one pair get your bread back. Ain't that wild? One right pair. No, dog, dog, dog. Yeah, that's crazy. One right pair in a size nine. <laughs> right. You... Motherfucker DMs me the other day. I wore the uh, the Just Dons. Motherfucker DMs me and shit. Was like, yo, I didn't know you had the Just Dons in the fifteen. I'm like, yeah, I've been sitting on them for a little minute. He's like, bro, I've been looking for them shits forever. I literally told myself, like, yo, I was I would pay three grand for them Jones. I'm just like. I can't even lie and be like, <laughs> right. yeah, they, you know, they, they dead stock. Because they're going to see me in this shit. I've already undead stock. Yeah, I'm just like, what the fuck, man? Like, like, so how much would you pay for a gently used yeah, pair? Gently used at a, <laughs> at a little function for two hours. <laughs> what would those be worth to you? Yo, what about that group we that, boy? They wear it one time. Hey, talk about they wore more carpet. Yeah, you know, wore, wore one time more carpet. carpet. Nigga, did you wear fucking the cleaners, little, yeah. the little fucking <laughs> hair nets on them bitches when you went out oh, the door? Shit crazy. <laughs> But yeah, man, podcasting definitely has become rap. That's what it's become. Yeah. 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 That was a good breakdown. Can we change gears a little bit real quick? For sure. Can I do my y'all weird of the week? Absolutely. You know where I'm going. Do you have an idea where I'm going? <laughs> no. Okay. <clears throat> I want to talk about this pink sauce. <laughs> okay, because you put me on to this. Yes. Um, there's a lady on TikTok. Yeah, definitely that. There's a lady on TikTok who made this stuff called pink sauce, right? I don't know what's in it, but it's pink. It's a sauce that's pink. Nobody knows what's in it, but it gets the people going. It gets the people going. She started selling it and sending it out to people. Now, I guess this young lady didn't realize that you need preservatives when you deal with stuff, mayonnaise and these type of things. Food product. So she was sending it out to people, and by the time people were getting it, it had spoiled, gone bad. People flat out exploded. People were saying that the, it was different colors. Like some were dark pink, some, some were light pink, light pink, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And so you know, the internet, of course, has a field day. And like you just stated, you know, when you a certain person or a certain uh, 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 individual, certain group, mm-hmm. you know, you get a lot more grace than others. Young black woman, of course, and black women were trying their hardest to like rally around. It was like, oh, you know, McDonald's did X, Y, Z, and y'all still eat it. And I'm just like, yo, 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 yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, 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 yo. Check this out. Yo, yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yo, listen. When you're dealing with food, like things that people are going to ingest, there really isn't like a grace. Yeah, you got to get it right. You kind of got to get it right. Here's the cap. McDonald's has enough lawyers, market share, franchise representatives, to where if we do have a bad batch of of, uh, fish fillets, we can rebound from this. We got 66 billion, sir. We (laughs) going to rebound. Yeah, we farm all our own food. We going to rebound. But when you're an individual starting out trying to make your mark, just you 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 understand what I'm you and you, you're selling the product at a premium. You're selling here's the thing. You're selling a food-based product, which you gotta measure three, four, five, eight, eighteen times sometimes in order to get that right before you rush to market. Right. You gotta know you what you're doing. You have to have uh, a solid recipe. You gotta account for the ingredients and you got to know what it is that you are selling people. What's your line? You got to measure twice and cut once. At this point in life, because of the internet, because of the 24-hour news cycle, because of the fact that people are looking to be offended and uprooted and angry and about everything, you might have to measure 94 times yeah. before you cut. Exactly. You, you said, yo, we had the idea for, well, you had the idea for Patreon. 
1819 and was like, yo, we not there yet. Yeah. You can't jump the gun on these type things. Yeah, that's because real. if you don't have a solid foundation, then you fail. And like the bottom I, falls. That's up. why I look at the whole situation we got with, with the network company where it's like, yo, it makes sense on yeah. paper at this point. Because, you know, we fine-tuned enough and we have a release schedule and we have this, that, and the third. 2018, we didn't, really didn't have that. No, we was just two niggas recording a podcast. That's what it was. <laughs> Dan wasn't even completely on board. No. And Dan named the goddamn show. See what I'm saying? <laughs> and I don't know what you niggas doing, man. Y'all, y'all, <laughs> I'll holler at y'all when I get back. Right. But that was my y'all weird where we got to stop this Sort of like the whole Sesame Street situation, and like you spoke on with Tariq Nasheed, with uh, with academics, like we have to stop this false sense of reality when it comes to shit. If you did wrong, there has to be accountability. Yeah, let's just call it wrong. That's just what it is. That you did wrong, and let's move start the process of healing and moving the hell on. I watch doctors. I watch real life people with multiple degrees this week try to like make this a oh y'all doing this to the black, and it's just like no, people are doing this because they sauce was ruined when yeah, it got and, there. And when they're salt, they fucking motherfuckers is at home receiving exploded packages and you on the beach in Miami, like you hoes could never, you know what I'm saying? Because this was an obvious ass money grab. And it's like, it don't take a genius to know quantity. You selling this shit for $20 a pop. You sell a thousand units. That's 20 bands. The average person in the United States makes what? 41, five a year or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like you basically in one fell swoop, you making half of the average American's salary and you haven't even done your due diligence before you went to market and released this product. We can't give you no form of grace or no benefit of the doubt because when you are an entrepreneur, you make the decision to be one. Nobody's not forcing you to go and start a business or create a damn product and become an entrepreneur. Ain't that wild? And we've gotten to that point in life where people are, oh, y'all trying to tear somebody down. It's like, you know you can work at the post office. You know you can just go get a regular, degular-ass job and just be a regular human. Like, even with us, when it, like, uh, shout out uh, Wick. Like, what Wick say? I love the fact that these motherfuckers will Google shit on air. Because, yeah, you got a responsibility. You can't just be saying shit. If I come up here and tell y'all bullshit, no matter how much real, correct, right shit we've told y'all, we come up here and say bullshit with seven episodes in a row, our credibility is ruined. It's shot. It's over. Ain't no motherfucking courses getting sold. Ain't no Patreon getting sold. None of that. These niggas is full of shit. You know what I love? No no bullshit. You know what I've grown to like love when it comes to this show? You good? Trying to get in the the thing? trying 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 to... You know what I've grown to love when it comes to this show? I love when people hit me throughout the week and be like... Damn, you just said this on the pod. You ever see that meme with the little white boy with the mug? And they'd be like, that's how parents be on Christmas morning. Yeah. That's how I be looking at the phone. Like, yeah, I know, motherfucker. Because like, yeah, I've, 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 in a weird way, we do the due diligence. I don't think people really realize when, when I hear other podcasts be like, oh, we started a podcast from the group chat. Or we started a podcast because, you know, we was kicking it on the block. And it was funny. It's like, that's great. And that's what it should be. Honest, raw conversation. But if you're, if you're, crew of niggas or if you're you and your homie or you and your wife or whatever the fuck I see from a lot of content creators if y'all aren't like knowledge based people right. you're kind of just spewing with no real direction yeah, you're going your most majority of what you know you see on these podcasts nowadays is people talking about um 
you know, conjecture and their personal experience and using their personal experience or the experience of people directly around them that they come in contact right. with to make some sort of a statement on the world at large. And you can't do that because like black people in particular have this problem because we're so parochial and we stick in like our own communities and our own areas. We have this problem of thinking like, oh, if I'm not being impacted by it, then it's not happening. Or that's that's not a real thing. The cra- remember the podcast? I'm not seeing it. Remember the podcast you was on where he was like, "No one listened to the baby and yeah. NBA young boy." And I'm like, "Dog." Then I go see Bestie is platinum, right? And I'm like, "Bruh." <laughs> and then I, I, it's crazy because like when you look at my fucking workout mix, what the fuck is the third song? Yeah, I'm going to this shit right. bang when you in the <laughs> gym, <Yeah>. dog. <laughs> like, dog, it's like. So people really are like that. Oh, this don't affect this. This don't move me. So it don't move nobody. It's not moving none of the culture. It's not happening. So then you'll go and say something that's just horribly wrong. Yeah. Just terribly wrong. I've seen. I remember when uh, Jada and, and Bean said to John, "Motherfucker was like, yeah, wasn't nobody feeling that Jada John, huh?" <laughs> right. I get it. We from Philly. Beans is our guy, right. but we can't be totally heatarded. Yeah, <laughs> we can't. We can't just be completely heatarded. But that's where we've gotten to yeah. in society. So, yeah, that was my y'all where, where people just try to make everything this yeah, the, y'all this, out to get. This, and it's this like, is the no, exact no, no, statement no. that the person made that absolutely got chewed up on. I haven't seen nobody delete one of these. You know, them, y'all see them L quote tweets where somebody's just getting cooked and they typically don't delete it because <laughs> of the engagement. A, somebody had a joke on Twitter. It was an African nigga and like this random ass Af- like hut. And it was only thing in the hut was a television. And he was standing there with his hands folded behind his back, staring at the television. It was like me watching somebody get roasted for some shit I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing off of that. But yeah. So the tweet was McDonald's has caused, 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 because, okay, so that, that was a, a typo. McDonald's has caused, caused more harm to our collective communities for decades, but we're mad at a black woman for trying something out she launched a month ago. Question mark. Y'all, and then it's like a, a dash here, and I'm just like, this woman went to Yale. The the best reply <laughs> on that tweet was, my the boy was like, sis, you got to delete this because you sound so unintelligent. And she said, just so you know, I went to Yale. And he responded, what Yale? <laughs> <laughs> what Yale? What Yale? <laughs> Ah, the internet keeps me chuckling, man. But yeah, like that that for me was the was the And it's thing. just like the reasoning why and here's the thing. When you let I always say when you let people talk long enough, they're telling themselves, when you read this and then the last line is y'all mad at her for trying something she launched a month ago, it's like you don't That's the, that's the fucking the, problem, you fucking dingbat. Duh. It definitely take at least a year to <laughs> any type like of food that. product. Product. It takes at least a year of R&D, research and development, in order for you to go to market. Especially to change the color. So that might add on another couple months. (laughs) I didn't, yeah, that's wild. That she launched a month ago, question mark, like, yeah, this is the problem. Yeah. These instant entrepreneurs, because you chasing the bread. So it's like, yo, if you come up with a product, a food product a month ago, and then you launch it a month later. That's a money grab. If all throughout this month, if, if everything didn't go smooth all of these months in a, this one month, 
Like, if you didn't have 30 perfect days, you don't even need to be feeding this to people that's not your goddamn What I told you earlier... Taking it to market. What I told you earlier about the supper club. Sis, <laughs> sis can really, really cook, and she's perfect. And she was saying, it like, yeah, you know, just working out the kinks of how I want to flow, menu, boo-boo-boo-boo, to the point where she... I done had 1,200 strangers in this house before yeah. I'm ready to go get a building and this, and the third. Like, yeah, that shit take time, yo. That shit is not no joke. You know what I'm saying? And it's like you the liability that you open yourself up to by doing anything related to food service or food product is so fucking high. Yeah. Like you have E. coli, you have salmonella, you have fucking food poisoning, you have allergic reactions. Like you got all this different shit that you open yourself up to. And it's like, yo, you can't even get your tag right. <laughs> like you can't even get like the nutritional facts right on the back of the product or it have a consistent color. To send it off to get your nutritional facts. <laughs> So how are you going to do something in a month? They had they had their version of Big Dan <laughs> make them one <laughs> on, on Photoshop. <laughs> yeah, how much honey you think of here? How I much honey you think of here? I don't know, nigga. Two smidges. <laughs> Got two smidges of honey, a pinch of salt. <laughs> Yo, that's crazy as shit. Some shit you said. How much, pine, how much pomegranate juice uh, you put in here? <laughs> you about to sell this shit to the world, and you're nutritional fact guy. You hear this in the background. <laughs> this is not going right. <laughs> you shouldn't hear that when you're doing the nutritional facts. Real shit. That's hilarious, man. Yeah, so, you know, the lesson to be learned in all of this from this year weird and a lot of stuff we're talking about is you can't rush certain shit, man. No. And when and if you do some bullshit, it's easier to just say, man, I did some bullshit. Like, I was doing some shit. I did too much. I was rushing the market. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, what she didn't do, she made, she issued like a BS apology or whatever, the, the creator, whatever case may be. You know what she didn't do? She didn't offer nobody no goddamn refund. No. <laughs> like, yeah. Because. She spent all the money already. Exactly. I, I done went to Miami four no, times man, already. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all, this product been out two weeks. I'd have been to Miami four times. <laughs> Three more times. Yeah, <laughs> this product been out two weeks. I've been to Miami four times. <laughs> it's like that sort of shit. And it's like all people are doing is creating. People are trying to be entrepreneurs because they realize that products and services where you control the profit margin, that's what can get your ass rich. And people realize that, but they also simultaneously don't realize the amount of work that it takes to be a true blue entrepreneur business owner. And the reason why only roughly six to 11% of us exist in that fucking world, because that shit ain't for everybody. No. It's but really they just not. want the spoils of it because it's like, oh, Moon Cosmetics making a million in a day and they selling so, 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 and so. They selling this fucking skincare product of woo, woo, woo. Not realizing she tested and fucking on herself and animal testing and this and this and this for a year and a half before she came up with a solid fucking product that was able to be sold and viable on the market and not create all of these different problems Potentially, you know, as far as like liability and exposure goes, like, right. and that's with skincare. That's not even something that motherfucker going to ingest. That's topical, but the same level of type of a scrutiny exists when you're dealing with fucking anything with people's health, skin, wellness, whatever the case may be. Like, you can't skip no steps on that shit. Absolutely, you, you have to know that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. With the skincare thing, you know, that's a big thing. Now. Yeah. And I, I was reading this thing the other day where the girl put out like a skincare situation, some type of body butter or whatever, whatever. And it was like breaking people out. 
real bad. And I'm like, yo, you you open yourself up to a million lawsuits. Mm-hmm. And you know they ain't got nothing but a, a, a free LLC and a free EIN number from IRS.gov. You know, they don't have any real corporate veil of, like, protection or standards and practices insurance or none of that shit to where it's just like... Yeah, like you get you you fucking get thirty nine judgment. You get a class action lawsuit judgment against your ass for three hundred and sixty two thousand dollars and shit like that, and just murder yourself financially. Because the the world we live in now is more so create a business, right? Be an entrepreneur. If it works, it works. If it don't work, I'm gonna just it do, works. yeah. If it works, it works. If it don't, I'm gonna just do classes on how to be an entrepreneur. Exactly. I was talking to my man, uh, my man Dude last night. Shout out, Dude. And uh, we was talking, and he was basically saying, like, yo, I come in contact with, um, he's in real estate or whatever. He's like, yo, I got, like, a sizable, you know, portfolio, whatever, whatever. Not the, not you know, bragging shit or whatever, whatever. But I learned this shit young, and I got into it. And I've amassed, like, a good amount of property and stuff like that. He's like, and a lot of these, like, Instagram famous people that you see that's selling courses and master classes and this and this, they come to me for advice. Bruh. And they take the information that they glean from me and go and put it in. I had a conversation fucking, with somebody they, they really pamphlets and they master classes and all of this old stuff. I had a conversation. With he's somebody. like, most of them are like financially like hit. Yeah. I had a conversation with somebody recently. I ain't going to say who or in what business, but he was like, you know, he, he figured out a business and he started, you know, putting people on and now they're doing classes. And he's, he's like, I'm looking like, huh? Like, <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yeah, that's the way this shit works now. We should have been doing podcast classes. Mm-hmm. Give a fuck if we fucking got no deal. Hey, <laughs> listen. Real shit. You be surprised when people hit me up throughout the week about that. What do I do for this? How does this work? Yeah. And you know what I do? I just tell them exactly how to do it and go on about my night. It's crazy. What else you got over there on the rundown, man? Uh, nothing. <laughs> I don't have much. Uh, oh. Uh, some credit talk. I'm looking into potentially getting that Venture X card. Okay. Uh, yeah. What do you know about it? Like, you know, because I've, I've been looking and it was like, what made me look into it is I remember you saying it some months ago, but then there was also this other card that, that got uh, pushed to me through Experian, which was the luxury card, MasterCard, Titanium card, but everybody was saying that it was junk. Like, I went on like Nerd Wallet and wallet hub and all of that. And they were basically saying it was junk, but they were giving the venture X like five stars, like across the board, as far as like the concierge, the travel perks, the points set up. And all I, that. I honestly couldn't tell you cause I haven't gotten into it really at all. Yeah. Just because I, I kind of like, you know, created my setup for the way I was going to go about it. And I'm, I'm running like a real big Amex setup. Um, you might have to let me get back to you on that. Okay. Yeah. This guy I'm following the gram, uh, points miles guy. <clears throat> he got your setup. He got the AMX setup. He got the Chase setup, and he got the VentureX setup. Okay. So there got, are some people that have a lot of fucking credit. Yeah, cards, so yeah. He got the you. yeah. He got the <laughs> VentureX and Chase setup running the same. The way the mile, the way the points and all that run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so he said, if you if you don't have both, get one or the other. Get the Chase. Or get the venture, mm-hmm. but he showed how to. He got a bunch of finesses with the venture. Okay, a bunch of first class out of the country for JFK. Yeah, because uh, they were saying that uh, typically, like when you are in the Capital One system or whatever, you're trying to run a trifecta or whatever the case may be. Typically, they give you like kind of give you shit as far as like trying to get 
a second or a third or a fourth card or whatever, but they were saying that the people that already hold the vent, the regular venture card were seeing like 90% approvals on the venture X. Okay. So they was basically saying like, it's no issue with holding both venture cards, whatever, whatever. And, um, they were saying that the approval process was really easy. You just got to qualify, like, you know, uh, score-wise and all that, which is, like, uh, some places were saying a 720 or above. Some were saying a 750 or above. But the consensus seems to be that as long as you a prior Capital One credit card holder in good standing, preferably a venture, if you got the credit score a 720 or above, like, you pretty much, like... I'm going to be honest, yo. One thing I've learned with this credit shit is, like, your actual number score doesn't matter Yeah, your credit much. data matters no more. Yeah, like, I'll be honest, yo. When I got my Platinum Amex, you know what my credit score was? 671. Oh, yeah, you only need 660 for American Express. Yeah, I got it. My shit was at a... I wasn't even at a 7 yet as far as the experience, yeah. which is what they was yeah. pulling. Depending the on your file, too, though. The That's what I'm saying. Thing. Like, I, I, my shit wasn't... Super, now, my Equifax was through the roof. Right. My shit was like a 780. Yeah. But my experience, like, that shit... Because I still had that boat, that joint on there. Yeah, yeah my so. highest uh, Equifax non-score was like a 798. Yeah, but... You know, it, it really, it, it boils now when you look at my file, I, I got credit cards with big limits and nothing on them. So it was yeah. like, you know, I did, you know, the 2% shit every month. So it was like, okay, you got a job, income, booty boot. Yeah, nah, yeah, we'll give it to you. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like, you know, now I'm, I'm running so wild, I can't get nothing. But, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You know how that goes. Like, no, I, I just got a, I got denied for the Venture X, but they gave me the platinum. Oh, you did get the platinum? Capital One, Capital One Platinum. Okay, okay. Okay. American Express Platinum. I got to pay down my uh, my blue business. Yeah. They said pay that down, then reapply. Yeah, yeah, seeing Dan with American Express cards to say hookah boss on it. It's <laughs> <laughs> absolutely nuts. World we living is yeah, great. Yeah, like I've had a pre... I told y'all a couple weeks ago, I had a prequal for a Amex business card for like months now, and I'm just like, I don't need another charge card per se. Like, I need something like... I need a... Like something with a high limit, so uh, the they were saying that the Venture X is like whatever that highest tier Visa is mm-hmm. is considered that or whatever. Whereas like the minimum limit is ten thousand. If you want to go like credit unions, Pen Fed be giving out nice limits. Mm. Uh. Who they yeah. pull from? Uh, Equifax. God damn it. <laughs> They're like one of the few motherfuckers that pull from Equifax. Yeah, too. it's like everybody that give out the big money pull from Equifax. But yeah. Equifax is like a six. Uh, Navy Federal, they they do your uh, TransUnion, I believe. My TransUnion is seven twenty, but no My experience yeah. seven twenty one. We can't get you on a battalion right now. <laughs> yeah, Equifax like. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, yeah, we'll figure that out. That's all time. right. So yeah, so here's the Venture X Elevated Travel Rewards designed to take you farther. Uh, seventy five thousand miles early spend bonus. Earn seventy five thousand bonus miles when you spend four thousand on purchases within the first three months from opening account. You get a ten thousand mile anniversary bonus equal to a hundred dollars towards travel every year starting your first anniversary. You get a three hundred dollar annual travel credit, which is uh, higher than the Amex John, because it was like two hundred. Two hundred. Yeah. Um, and then you get a hundred dollars for global entry or TSA pre-check credit. Uh, receive up to a hundred dollars for that. And it's a three ninety five annual fee. Credit level excellent, and your purchase rate is anywhere between eighteen point four nine to twenty five point four nine, depending on you know your credit. And they points so. transfer right to Delta, so you can fly Delta with them. Yep. <clears throat> like the the points, the boy I found on the ground, he be he be 
like how Matt did the guitar, John. Yeah, I had somebody. Different scenarios. I had somebody. I I wish I could get to my gram fast enough to really go through the messages and shit. But he hit me and was like, "Yo, bro, like listening to your show, I was able to do what you said to do as far as the obvious points and going through British Airways. Me and my girl are getting married, and we was kind of both on a tip, like you know, taking. We wanted to take a honeymoon, but we, you know, money wise and whoopie woo woo woo. So we both went and got cards, seven hundred dollar annual fee. Got the points, merged the points, moved them over to Avios, and he was like, me and her are going on our honeymoon to Italy. And we're doing that for the annual fee of $1,400. So he was like, really appreciate you putting I was just like, again, with the mug, like, yeah, yeah nigga. Yeah, no such shit. <laughs> you know some shit. Yeah, like, that's cool. You take a motherfucking nice-ass, fly-ass honeymoon for less than $1,500, you yeah. don't want to travel to, that's fucking excellent, you know? So... Yeah, there's a real couple more on the Adventure X. 10x miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel. And 2x miles on all other purchases every day. Yeah, 5x is good. Yeah, and then 10x on, 10X uh, hotels, on hotels and rental cars. That's really like a 20x. You, you flight, hotel, and car. Exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. I want to, again... Changing subjects, just because we got to get this in before we get the hell out of here. Rolling loud. Yes. I knew it was something we just hadn't, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> touched. Yeah, I said ridiculous. That was yeah. one of the ridiculous yeah. ones. So you had Rolling Loud uh, this this past weekend. Um, it's still going on. Today's the final night. Uh, mm-hmm. Kendrick Lamar's headline in the night. Right. Um, you had Future uh, headline last night. He brought out Travis Scott, brought out Lil Durk, brought out Real Boston Richie uh, the night before. Kanye was supposed to headline, but he dropped out. Then he proceeds to come out on Little Dirk set. Which I thought was crazy. When co- I seen, I'm like, wait, I thought Kanye wasn't going to be there. And completely upend Kid Cudi's headlining performance Friday night, which led to a whole bunch of bullshit. They put Kid, they did Kid Cudi dirty. Rolling Loud did Kid Cudi extremely dirty. Dirty. Like if, if, you, if, if Kanye is set to headline. Kanye fans are coming for the Kanye headlining. You don't remove Kanye and put one of his nemesis <laughs> in that spot. I said that's the equivalent of going to Drake and be like, all right, Push was supposed to perform at the Fillmore. Push is out. <laughs> you all win. his fans are going to be there. You should come. You imagine Drake come out with his <laughs> and a Pusha T crowd a venue. What <laughs> the fuck is this shit? Dog, dog. Soft-ass ooch music. Yo, they did Kid Cudi dirty, man. And I felt, I genuinely felt bad for the man. Because if 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 you're not a Kid Cudi fan, it's the end of the night. Why not just leave? Because I paid my $700 for my day pass. Right. <laughs> and I'm going to see this shit to the end. I've been here since 1 p.m. I done had 13 March <laughs> strawberries. <laughs> Might have had some shrooms. And yeah, some yeah. <laughs> I genuinely felt bad for Kid Cudi in that situation. Yeah, that shit was nutty. Like, don't I wouldn't have took the show, personally. Just I, knowing that the fans ain't going to get a refund. Like, they already, they pre-bought the tickets. Right. Pre-bought the yet. tickets, pay for travel. Yeah, pay for the, travel, all that. I wouldn't have took the show. You know all his fans going to be there. It's I mean. Be some shit. Not have took the check. I just wouldn't have got on stage. Yeah. <laughs> But then that's a whole nother situation. I personally just, I don't feel like anybody deserves that at work. No. Because I come from working in an environment where it's just dumb shit. And, and you know, you, people are like, just like, oh, Literally why are you tripping? You make 35 an hour. It's like, who gives a fuck? 
Yeah, I'm still a fucking person, you asshole. What, whoever threw that joint, that shit hit him dead in the face. Yeah. <laughs> in the face. Y'all throw one more fucking thing up here. And, 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 and I'm out of here. And to Kid Cudi's credit, he wasn't even ready to leave then. Right. Stop throwing shit up here because I'm about to roll. And in that moment, somebody throws something else, and you just like, you know what? Y'all got it. I'm you out. What you anyway. Yeah, I'm paid already. I'm out of here. I'm not sticking here for this bullshit. That was a bad joke. It was a terrible look for everybody involved, man. Roll and loud, y'all got to do better next time. Y'all got to do better. Yeah. Real shit. Yeah, don't ask him to come. <laughs> we put you on another one. Real shit. You could have got Soldier Boy. In yeah. fact, Soldier oh, Boy. Yeah. Yeah. Soldier Boy and Charleston White are the highlight of the weekend yeah. at Rolling Loud, man. Dog. Charleston White said, yeah, them niggas rolled up on 20. Yeah, he just want to talk. He said, I grabbed that, that bad spray. <laughs> Got the spraying like this here. <laughs> Charleston White is like the most militant speaking nigga on the planet. On earth. You would think that if you hear a situation of Charleston White doing whatever he's doing and Soldier Boy and 12, you know, what was Soldier Boy's crew? Uh, money gangers. Like you, you, SOD money gangers. SOD money gangers. Like you would think if you hear Soldier Boy and 12 of them rolling on Charleston White, somebody's getting clapped. That's what you would think. Nobody got clapped. When you, did you see Soldier face? Yes. <laughs> eyes puffy and shit. Eyes look like, look like he had two pumpkins on his face. Like, Duh. eyes was puffy as hell. He explained, he explained the situation. That nigga skinned Still kind of orange. Yeah. The Charleston White maced them niggas, dog. Then Charleston White the next day went back to the scene of the crime and made a video talking about, yeah, you see that spray right there? That was all <laughs> on them niggas' faces. <laughs> 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 the shit is still actively tripping down the wall. 13 niggas say I want to talk. I'm spraying too. <laughs> I'm sorry. Dog. He said, he say, yeah, I ain't going to show y'all what the spray is, but it just say jail. <laughs> <laughs> Just say jail. <laughs> just say jail. That's funny as shit, man. Oh, you sprayed these crazy niggas, man. Yeah, the, the week was weird. I saw the shit with C's. Did you see that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He with the dog, the dog shit. Yeah. yeah, like he hit the dog with a chair. Yeah, he, he beat the damn dog with a chair. Apparently him and two other people had the damn video or whatever from his ring account, which that doesn't even make any sense. It so that means all. that you were sending people the video, whatever the case may be. And then you end up falling out with both people. One of which was your ex. And then the other person has not been named yet, but one or both of them leaked the shit to the media. And then now your whole shit is upended from you, which he was not only, you know, opening up all of these shops and making the revenue from that. He was the executive producer over the whole black ink franchise of television series. Yeah. So his show, Ryan Henry's show, Compton, all of that. So now all of that gets upended from you. Yeah, I saw the thing. They like completely separate ties. Yes. Me. I'm like, damn. Like, yes. And that's oh, a, yeah, a dog is more valuable than a human. Bro, they don't fucking play about that shit. And them roosters. Roosters. Oh, shit. We uh going forward, we're gonna do another show with Ra. I scheduled that the other day for the football season. Yes, we have. So to. all of our sports betters, you should like that one. I would love that one. I would love that one. Uh, Ra's gonna come up here and do a pre-NFL show explaining how to do futures bets going into the football season, how to make a lot of money in the beginning of the season, how you know that because the lines aren't fully adjusted the yeah. right way. So they're priced bad. We've learned this over the last couple of years. The first three or four weeks, you know, you can really, really you know, you can hammer, you know what I mean? Because the line, the, you know, the, 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 the odds makers just don't be there yet. I got a rolling with Rob Fun uh, put to the side. <laughs> Yo, 
That should be a segment. Rolling with Rob. Rolling with Rob. Real <laughs> shit. Rolling with Rob. Rob been on fire. Rob tore up the uh, NBA. Oh, the, he the smoked. Oh, my God. Summer League smoked. And I, I just, I couldn't bring myself to bet on it. Because I'm like, who are these people? <laughs> right. who are, who, Smack. Who is this who nigga? Who is this nigga? <laughs> like, yeah, like, who are these people? It's like, these, half of these motherfuckers not even going to be in the NBA. So, yeah, you know, it can get, it can get crazy with that betting shit. Uh... Got anything else you want to do? Uh, just again, want to shout out to our sponsor, uh, the Black Oak Wine Festival and uh, the Black Oak, uh, you know, wine company. Um, they have their uh, wine tasting event coming up Saturday, August 6th. Secret location. Go to blackoak.com, B-L-A-C-O-A-K. Tap the events tab. All the information is right there. It's Saturday, August 6th from 1 p.m. to 7 p.m. Inaugural Black, inaugural Black Oak Wine Festival featuring black-owned businesses, local wine. It's going to be a super dope event, and you might see us there. Absolutely. Uh, also, the live show. Live show this Friday. Y'all don't got y'all tickets. Get y'all tickets. Like I said, probably by now, them $85 tickets is probably two, three of them left, whatever the case may be. So get them discounted tickets while they're there. Every single ticket includes entry, live show, food, liquor, merchandise, um, and hookah as well. So we've completely... Lockdown, the whole venue, everything is included. Uh, you know, if y'all want to get bottle service and all of that, y'all discuss that with uh, the proprietor of the yeah. business when y'all get there. They ain't going to have our special TRP blend hookah flavor for sale um, at the merch table uh, when y'all come get y'all free merch or whatever the case may be. So bring money for that. Other than that, man, uh, you know, we're just going to keep mobbing, keep doing our thing. We got some Patreon shows dropping this week just to wrap up the month. And uh, I think that's everything, yo. I got nothing else. Realist podcast over. We out. Peace. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.